0: And now,
1: and now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Thanks for spending time on a Thursday. It's Hale Varsity. We're powered by Cornhead Lager, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Connor Clark. We welcome in Brandon Vogel, Counter Read, Counter And Voges, how we doing? How's your Thursday?
0: I'm doing pretty well. Thursday's going going all right, so no complaints.
1: You know, Connor had a question last segment before we get into to S and P and your latest column with Counter Reed. Did I misstep, or were you feeling the the lack of love as well, being a Nebraskan and your your view on Little Red? That was kind of our our same era when Little Red got introduced. We had listener Elijah in the stream. Ask, you know, why, why is there a Little Red? And,
2: and Connor kind of had the same question. We had co host Elijah, who was uh, the target audience of Little Red back whenever he was released. Not stump for Little Red, but kind of explain. I
1: just, I, t- I it. tolerate Little Red <laughs> because I just don't know.
3: You can't get rid of him. What he? He's <laughs> inevitable.
1: Connor's going to put a hit out. He's not <laughs> for you. He's Kidding. not
2: for you guys. It's simple as that.
1: Yeah. What, what, or are you not interested, Vogue's? The look I'm getting on the stream is just <laughs> staring through me about Little Red. Uh,
0: <clears throat> no, I've never, I've never, uh, I've never been the target demo for Little Red, and, and therefore I've never, um, well i've also never liked him like he's not <laughs> cool like i guess maybe if you're a kid he's fun mm-hmm. or he was fun and what when was he introduced like 2003 2004 or was it earlier that? It
1: was, yeah it was the tom green era late 90s i think okay
0: late 90s uh, <clears throat> like it was kind of cool then because i think nebraska was one of the first schools to have an inflatable mascot such as that and like seeing the things he could do, it, but it was kind of a one-trick pony. It was like, okay, yeah, he can bounce on his head. Um, what else? <laughs> and, <laughs> and the what else The what else was was kind of nothing. I mean, I would, I would put it this way. Like, <clears throat> there are no radio segments. There are no Reddit threads. There are no blogs um, about how much people love Low Red, right? Like, I mean, surely those people must be out there because it's still around. But I think the majority opinion on this is – this Little Red sucks, and if that's the case, I we think our Nebraska, title. Yeah, Nebr- Nebr- I think Nebraska should just steer into that because the one thing Little Red is is like extremely memeable. So, like, just make him a villain and do it yourself. Like, do all this stuff in house. Like, yeah, it goes against kind of the like standard kind of marketing uh, play here. But I I think that's the move, like make make Little Red an Internet phenomenon, but instead of just the mascot that people
2: are like, yeah, why is he still around? Make make him a lovable menace. You know, the old cartoon Dennis, the menace make little red like that. Just give him like little angry eyebrows and you're done. It's an easy rebrand.
0: Well, I mean, everybody says he's like terrifying and he has, you know, dead
1: eyes. So like (laughs) steer into it. Uh, on the next, his, uh, his,
2: his eyes remind me of John Elway when he was handing off the Super Bowl trophy uh-huh. to the the Kansas City Chiefs. There's a smile on that face, but there's nothing behind no, I'm those trying, eyes. Trying to transport lights to are on, place. nobody's home.
1: Uh-huh. <laughs> Vogues, let's uh, get into the S and P ratings. And uh, well put, uh, like a uh, a box of chocolates you got on Valentine's Day. And Nebraska checks in 39th in the country. Uh, I will take that and run because he can go up versus the other way versus never achieving that number at the end of the season, 10th in the Big Ten. But you, you kind of put some pen to paper with point totals and spreads and projected favorite favorites uh, or, or underdog games, and we apply all that into um, the 7.5 uh, win total out of uh, out of uh, Vegas, or I should say FanDuel. But what did the S&P uh, tell you, and, and what do you like about some of these uh, intriguing matchups uh, right now you look at the fact that the the lines are a lot of them are in favor of of Nebraska except you know you're you're underdogged by 22 and you're underdogged by eight and a half those are the biggest numbers along along with plus eight at Iowa I mean you could make a case here early early number wise that take the overs on that seven and a half
0: yeah, so um, so we know from FanDuel at least, like Nebraska's win total was set at seven and a half. And one of the things, part of the reason I look forward to rankings like this is you can you can take these numbers and come up with a point spread, and then you can look up how often do does a seven and a half point home favorite actually win, and see that it's a you know seventy percent of the time or whatever it is, and, and create some win probabilities from that so <clears throat> when you do that for all of these games which i which i did in today's newsletter on on counter-reve.com, uh, nebraska pencils out to 7.3 wins which if you're rounding that up to the nearest half which is where vegas is going to put any number uh you're you're a 7.5 so so do you take the over on that um to, to you know to your question there there schmitty yeah. i i personally would but it's 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 a close call. I think having the point spreads allows you to see. And again, it's February. You know, this is a statistical model, but a statistical like statistical models. You know, they're proven out over years. Like if it's a bad model, like it'll get it'll get washed out um, mm-hmm. if it's just not accurate. And so, you see that and. We we can look at Nebraska's schedule and run down run down the teams that it faces and be like oh yeah this is pretty pretty good start to the year I I don't think unless I'm missing one off the top of my head um, I don't think they're an underdog until they face Ohio State after the first bye week which that's that's a big deal because um, that's what game seven game mm-hmm. eight game, game eight. seven I think game eight um, so that's that's kind of the lay of the land and you know, when you look at, okay, Nebraska's at 7.3 wins by, by SP plus seven and a half by FanDuel. What that really means is like probably about two thirds of the time, it's going to be between six and eight wins. Um, so would, <laughs> if you ask Husker fans today, Hey, six and six, would you sign up for it? I think most probably would based on where Nebraska has been at.
2: My question though, Brandon is, is with the S and P the big, wild card I see in this is Dylan Ryle. I don't think the the model can account for a guy that's never played a snap of college football before, and there's two sides you could take on that. One being, this is a better quarterback based on recruiting rankings than Nebraska's really ever had in the modern era. Could that lead to more wins? The other side being, well, it's a true freshman quarterback, which could potentially lead to some some issues with true freshman-type mistakes, things like that. Wouldn't Ryle playing the most important position on the field be a, a wild card, maybe a wrench to throw into the S&P Plus? Yeah, he, he
0: definitely is. And I mean, and he's accounted for in in these ratings only by like his talent level. Like he's a five star and 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 they know that Nebraska got a five star in this class in, in the same way that they know the, the rating of of all of those players. So it's a it's a tiny fraction of, of what goes into them. Um, that said, you know, I kind of go back to, to something I've said previously. I look at Nebraska's quarterback play overall in 2023 and be like, there's not a lot of room, not a lot of room for it to be worse. So even if Dylan Raiola is a true freshman, you know, even a very highly touted one is is Nebraska's day one starter and plays all twelve regular season games, um, it would be I, I'd be surprised I guess if uh, that was the thing that that caused Nebraska to go under. Um, it you know and and really the upside there I think <laughs> just because the the level of of qB play overall was was relatively low in twenty twenty three it's probably the thing that could is most likely to make it go over like if he's better than average um then that's not being accounted for either i guess it's always a two way street with these things
3: how much in these you know kind of metric things are I guess in this case for Nebraska coach retention, because obviously we've seen Tony White's name get thrown around a, a decent chunk and he hasn't left. So, I mean, how much does that get thrown in there, if any? Um, and obviously in, in real life, it, it matters a lot.
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't think at all in the case of, of Tony White. So there's another thing that, you know, depending on which way you think it could go, is, is something not being accounted for for Nebraska, but also for every other team. Um, I know when there's a head coaching change, I think um, there's a slight kind of regression um, <clears throat> tweak put in there on, on coaches, meaning if the team's been bad and it, you know, it fired his coach because it's been bad, the, the statistical way to handle that is be like, well, they'll probably get better. If you're Alabama and you had Nick Saban, um, regardless of, of what you feel about Kalen DeBoer or anybody else, um you also regress that to the mean and maybe knock them off a little bit but i don't think that happens at the um at the assistant level so really the better the way that that's and it's independent of tony white but the way that that kind of works its way in is is returning production which is you know basically a third of these rankings um and, and in that regard so not only does nebraska bring back a bunch of production both on both sides, but particularly on defense, they have the same head coach. So it's kind of an adjustment you have to make um, looking at any of these teams based on the knowledge that you, you yourself have.
2: Brandon, before we get out of here, uh, I want to turn our attention. You have one more, Smitty. Go for yeah, it. We're, well, I was going to say, Vogue's, can we carry you over?
1: Cause we're, I've, I've got another, another question. And we're going to let Elijah jump in. Are you good with that?
2: Yep. Go first. Yeah, by, by, by all means. I just
1: wanted to, to sneak in the, the, the turning point games. I mean, you've got four of them listed. Is there one you think's the, the most important Colorado at Purdue, UCLA, Wisconsin?
0: Um, I mean, it's probably Wisconsin, which is the latest of those four that I chose. And and what I chose there was, was, were games where Nebraska is maybe a favorite. Maybe it's a slight underdog. I think it was, it was a slight underdog to Wisconsin. Um, Where it's like these are where seasons turn. This is what gets you from six and six to eight and four, or you know something something better than that even. And that Wisconsin game in in late November, uh, it's Nebraska's only home game in the final three. That's that's key. The other one, you know, and it comes up real quick is is the Colorado game. Mm-hmm. And Colorado is a really tough team. We saw this last year. We kind of knew it was going to be the case. I think it's again the case. Um, hard to project just with how they approach things. They're they're approaching things in like full scale. This is the the new school college football. We do this because we can do it. Um, and kind of the models that are out there are, are built on, you know, the previous decade where you couldn't flip a roster entirely. And I think we saw that play out early for, for Colorado last year. So that, that one's a really big one. Uh, I think early on for the Huskers.
1: Brandon Vogel with us from Count O'Reid, countoreid.com. Voges, hang tight. We'll wrap up with you here
2: in a little bit. Got to get your uh, quick thoughts on Husker baseball. Yeah,
1: next segment uh, we'll continue that with Vogues. So Vogues will hang out in his football office. Uh, I want to remind you about uh, your friends at Dyer Law. And uh, if you have that uh, accident, that injury accident, uh, Dyer Law there for you. They're uh, – Uh, Not only renowned in Omaha, but around the state. If you've been hurt in a personal injury accident, you can count on Dyer Law to give you that help you need. 402 393 7529 or visit Dyer.law today with your personal injury situation.
2: And now, and now, back to Hale
1: Varsity Radio. We'll have plenty from Matt Rule next hour and his sit down with the College Game Day podcast. Reese Davis, Pete Thamel. Some interesting insights we'll get to and we'll hear from Rule. Brandon Vogel joins us to, to wrap up. We have a little overtime here with Vogues from Counter Reed,
2: Counterreed.com. Yeah, and Brandon, we got to go to Husker Baseball, get your thoughts on the opening weekend for the Huskers. Schmidt and myself sat down with, uh, with Jabba. That uh, episode of the Triple Play podcast—a little free shout out to our own work—I just dropped earlier today. If you want to get a full breakdown from Jabba and us of this year for Husker baseball, from, we want to get from Jabba, mostly from Jabba. <laughs> Jabba had some really good insight. So again, check that out. That's the Triple Play podcast with Heard at Sports. But Brandon, right I want to get to your thoughts on the upcoming weekend for Husker baseball after what was, uh, I think, pretty universally considered a disappointing last year for Will Bo- bolt and the crew. What are you looking for from them in opening weekend? It's a, a tough slate of games down in Dallas.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, given the the toughness of the slate, I think it's mostly um, competitiveness for me. Uh, you know, Nebraska's in this spot which has been in you know a, a handful of times where you've got you've got a pretty good amount of turnover. Um, you know, you're at, in these early these early tournaments. You're trying to figure out like what your pitching rotation looks like. You know, you've got your your one two three starters penciled in, but what's what's the bullpen look like you know the the big 10 preseason poll came out <clears throat> this week with the huskers fifth they finished fourth a year ago basically flip-flopped rutgers which was a game behind nebraska last year um they they were fourth in these preseason polls and and they were only you know the big 10 does this annoying weird thing of we're not gonna we're not gonna release a first team second team we're just gonna note players, players to note. Nebraska only had three on there. So, I mean, I think there's, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of unknowns with, with the team. Um, and, and you're going to need some production from, from some of the, the, the new additions that you brought in.
1: Vogues, tell me about counter Reed. tell the folks about counter Reed and, and how they can get, uh, get on board.
0: Yes, yeah, twice twice weekly newsletter from myself and, and Aaron Sorensen. You know, we spent a, a good portion of the, the first segment talking about SP That was kind of the the conclusion of my early, very early off season uh, quad quadrology. Is that the word? quadrilogy. Yes, yes, I don't know. I like it. Um, we've looked at national title odds. We've looked at returning production. We've looked at win totals. And now we have SP plus, which, which allows us to, to dial in a little bit more. So those are, those are the sorts of things I always look forward to doing in the off season because yeah, they're just projections. They're just a statistical model. They're just odds. Um, whatever the case may be, but, but they do a good job of, of helping I think level set for, for the season ahead which maybe it sounds crazy to talk about that in February, but um, it's kind of the thing I'd like to talk most about in February.
2: Brendan, will you be using the new NCAA football video game, uh, supposedly releasing a little bit later Simulators, this year? Any, any stories? Is it, is that, does it have any value to you from an analytical sense in college football? <laughs> maybe, maybe not from an
0: analytical sense. Personally, I'm very torn on this because mm-hmm. um, do I get a new gaming system just to play this game? Cause I'm pretty much, I'm pretty much out on, on video games. The last one that I like played start to finish was, was ghosts of Tsushima. Great game. Um, Great game. It was, it was a great game. Um, And I like, after that one, I was just kind of like, yeah, I I might just be there. Nothing came along that I had to have. And I just haven't turned on, turned on my PlayStation in what, four, four plus years. um, Also having two kids under the age of three <laughs> contributes to that. So I'm, I'm, I'm actually not looking forward to this one. And as somebody who like lived my entire life being like, I would go get this at midnight if it were available. I don't know what to do. It's uh, I'm, I'm in a different stage of my life. I would like, have to get a PS five. Um, do I do it just to play this game? And I probably will, but <laughs> I don't feel great about
1: it. You still have to trade a kidney to get a PS five.
0: Uh, good question. I I mean, if, if I do, then that'll, that'll make the decision easy. I hope that's the case. (laughs) Um, because if so, like I'm not going to all that work. Um, but also like, I'll I'll be interested to see like how much the off season actually feels like work. Like we talk about how the college game sucks now for, for head coaches. Mm -hmm. Like is the game not going to be fun when I've got to (laughs) like, in addition to just landing any five star that I want, which you could basically do, um, Mm -hmm. Do I have to, like, budget uh, my my NIL money? I'm, I'm not here to budget. I mean, I can do that in my real life.
1: <laughs> just just uh, get a, uh, a Boone Pickens or an Uncle Warren in reality uh, to to give some money.
2: Well, Brandon, here's my advice to you before I get you out. When you get that PS5, F or win, and it should be noted, I got mine uh, as an impulse purchase at Walmart. I was just walking through. i like, oh, they got PS5s? Awesome. And I threw one in the cart. Um just buy it for your kids for Christmas, knowing that they're probably not old enough to get the, the full usage out of it. So, you buy it for them for Christmas, but it's really a gift for yourself. You're just passing it off, you know? Like, oh, I, I bought it for my kids, but it's not. It's for you.
1: How would mama like that? <laughs> Guess what? I got yeah. the kids.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's, that, that's also
0: TBD. Um, I, and, like, if I'm going to play the game, I'm not going to be able to wait till Christmas. My daughter turns blonde. In mid-June. So if I'm going to do it, I'll be like, here you go. Here's a PS5 <laughs> for your first birthday. birthday. <laughs> don't don't worry about it. Um, in about a month, you'll never see me.
1: <laughs> That's so good. Vogue, you take care. We'll talk Saturday. Thanks so much. Sounds good, guys. Have a good one. You too. Appreciate him. Brandon Vogel gets signed up. Counter-Read. counter Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbel, Connor Clark. Guys, we'll spend a couple minutes here on basketball. Uh, Gary Barnett here a little bit after uh, in hour two. But uh, two thoughts: uh, You have the Ohio State job that is open. You have uh, some some smoke around Coach Mack at Creighton, and you have uh, you know Ross Bjork uh, going to be the new AD there at, at Ohio State. You had Uncle Ted now that's your president up there, and I'm I'm just wondering about the Ohio State job. Good write up in the World Herald as well when we talk projecting the tournament. Nebraska gets back to action Saturday. I want to start there and pretty detailed rundown of just where and how teams with one or two road wins fared you don't win on the road in conference you don't go to the dance right now nebraska is you know uh, in in the back of the line so to speak with uh, where they are compared to their peers with strength of schedule
2: mm-hmm.
1: in similar road record situations Indiana's not gonna be a fun trip, but it's doable. Penn State, Rutgers, Minnesota are all gonna be tough ball games, but you get get them in Lincoln, and then what could absolutely implode your season, meth lab style, is you go lose to a team like Ohio State and Michigan on the road. Mm. So with yeah. with Nebraska, they could also go six and one.
3: And then, and then you're good,
1: and and you're fine with your one loss by uh, a bucket or two to Indiana. It's a, it's okay to go lose at Indiana. It's better, I should say, to go lose at Indiana than Michigan or Ohio's, Ohio State.
3: I think the best team that you could lose to in this stretch, and uh, this is going to go against the season trend, is Minnesota, in my opinion, because yeah, you get them at home, but they've Minnesota's turned into a pretty good well, team. M- Minnesota's this year.
1: an elimination game.
3: Yeah, like they're a solid basketball team, top to bottom. They play pretty good teams tough. Uh, we saw them play Michigan State really well the other week, and they ended up beating them. Um, obviously, you saw what they did to Nebraska. Uh, they beat Northwestern pretty recently too. So, I think that's the hardest remaining game on the schedule. But obviously, you got to take care of business against the teams you should be taking care of business.
1: You're you, you get to that top six line. I think that is very real for your NCAA projections for the Big Ten. Can you? slide into that sixth spot and oust a Sparty or even a Minnesota. Uh, What about the Ohio State basketball job? We'll round out our one next.